Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory services offered by Gradient Advisors, LLC, GA, and or their investment advisor representatives. This is Ready, Aim, Retire with Rob Curvin from Advanced Planning Advisors, Inc. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Rob provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here's Ready, Aim, Retire with your host, Rob Curvin. Okay, folks, welcome. Rob Curvin here with an, another podcast of Ready, Aim, Retire. Uh, got a fantastic show. As usual, I am here with uh, Tony Shore. Tony, how are we doing today? Oh, we're doing great, Rob. If I was any better, my name would be Mike Mike Binger. Oh, right. But hey, isn't that interesting? Uh, we have a special <laughs> guest today, Tony. We have Mike Binger, the president of Gradient Investments. Welcome, Mike. How you doing? Well, thank you both for having me. I'm doing pretty good today. Thank you. It's good to hear. Good to hear. We what we're going to do today. Um, normally, folks, we go through all different, uh, you know, retirement, you know, planning and Social Security and how to, you know, re, you know, make sure your assets are there for you in the end and legacy and all that kind of great stuff. But today, what we've done is is I've invited Mike Binger on from Gradient Investments. Uh, those of you that don't know, we're going to get into his background, but I'll give you like a, a brief little uh, a buildup of Mike Binger. So Mike Binger um, has been with Gradient Investments for, I'm going to say about, you know, eight or 10 years. Mike can, you know, confirm or deny that. But you might recognize him if you watch CNBC at all. Uh, he is a, a main staple on there on at least, you know, once a month, twice a month, uh, you know, giving his opinion, giving outlooks on stocks. And what we're going to do today is we're going to pepper Mike with good questions that are coming up. We're sitting here, you know, the first week of September and what's on people's minds. We got a lot of different things we'll talk about today. We'll talk about, hey, how do, you know, how do stocks react to all this geopolitical risk? What does Washington have to do with stock prices? We got the elections coming up. We'll tackle that a little bit. Um, and we'll just kind of see, hey, where are the different opportunities? Mike is a, is a wealth of information. We utilize him a lot here at uh, Advanced Planning Advisors. He's gracious enough to come down, uh, visits with our clients, you know, like, you know, so they get a firsthand perspective, something we never used to have before with other money managers. So this is uh, a great opportunity. Uh, I think I've built you up enough, Mike, but uh, give me, let's start here. Just give me, before we talk about grading investments, Mike, can you give us your background? Like, like, how'd you start out in this business? How'd you become, you know, kind of just give us the, you know, the, the walkthrough of like, you know, how Mike Binger became to be sitting here as the president of Gradient Investments. Oh, absolutely, Rob. I, I'm a little hesitant. You're going to make me date myself here a little bit, but yeah, let, let, let's do that. So let's go way back. I started out in this business in 1987. So 31 years ago, I started out at a company in Minneapolis called Lutheran Brotherhood, which is a big insurance company that also had a financial services and mutual fund uh, offerings involved there. So I started out there as a junior equity analyst or junior stock market analyst, um, working with portfolio managers there at Lutheran Brotherhood. Um, over time, I um, you know broadened. Uh, we like to 
be be uh, trained as generalists there. So I was an analyst for a variety of industry sectors, helping portfolio managers make selections in their portfolios and mutual funds. Um, eventually, I became a portfolio manager there. Uh, I you know I've managed a wide variety of asset classes there, from small caps to convertible bonds, but spent most of my days managing large cap portfolios and specifically large cap growth portfolios there. Um, when I exited Lutheran Brotherhood, I, 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 uh, which had then morphed into Thrivent, um, I was managing a $3 billion um, large cap growth portfolio there. So I came over to Gradient Investments in 2012. Um, I, like, I like the opportunity here. Um, you, you know, one of my colleagues here, he and I took our CFA test together here. Uh, in Minneapolis years ago, um, you know, just the thought of, you know, starting out somewhere small and growing something big was, was very intriguing to me. It was something I hadn't done. Um, I spent a lot of time managing stocks at Thrivent, but I didn't spend much time talking to our advisors and agents and their clients. And that changed when I got to come to Gradient. Uh, I, you know, I spend a lot of time talking to our advisors like yourself, uh, and I spend a lot of time visiting and talking with their clients. And as you know, Rob, I've you know over the years, I feel like I know a whole lot of your clients because I've met them over the years. So that was a little bit different. It, it was intriguing to me because I enjoyed that aspect of the business, having that personal relationship with advisors and their clients. I I, I think it 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 helps and makes things more of a collaborative process over time. So so, so that's where I started way back in 87. That's how I came to Gradient Investments, and, and that's how I got to know you and a lot of your clients. Fantastic. And, and um, tell me a little bit, Mike, about, like, like, I tell the story about Gradient Investments and why I like dealing with you guys, and people always ask me, well, you know, why, why do you deal with them? You, you can deal with, uh, you know, obviously, obviously everybody, so a whole host of anybody that you, you know and most that you don't, but... I guess our reason for dealing with you guys a lot is you're, you're Midwest, you know, uh, a group, you're easy to deal with, talk to our clients, come down and see our clients at different parties and events that we have. But uh, but one of the bigger reasons I deal with you is, 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 uh, is the growth of grading investments. So since you've been there in 2012, which has only been six years, what kind of growth have you guys experienced? Yeah, when I joined Gradient Investments, we were roughly around $200 million in assets under management. That meant as an investment management firm, we managed $200 million for client portfolios. Uh, today, we're managing about $2.2 billion. So over six years, as you said, we've grown roughly about $2 billion. And when I look at that growth, I mean, that, that makes me very proud. And to me, what that is saying is that we are doing a couple of things right, is we are providing competent investment portfolios to our clients that are helping them meet their long-term objectives, you know, not just every quarter or every, you know, few weeks, um, but over 5, 10, and 20 years, we're, we're, we're helping those clients meet and stay on track to their long-term financial objectives. Um, and, and the third thing is, is I think it's our service level and what clients and advisors get here in their partnerships with Gradient Investments that they can't get other places. And one of the main differentiators there is, is I really think that we provide to clients a very collaborative approach where we, and that line of collaboration when we're doing financial planning and strategizing and looking at different investment portfolios, really, it, 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 it's a three-way collaboration between the client, the local advisor, and their investment manager. 
And what we like to do is we like to make that collaboration a two-way street. So Gradient Investments will provide investment portfolios and economic forecasts and, and portfolio tilts, and we'll supply that to our advisors who will inform their clients of it. But what you rarely find in this industry is that if clients have an issue, and, and we've done this with, with several of your clients, we do it all the time, is that if, if clients have an issue, all they need to do is call you, Rob, or someone else in our advisory network and, and, and say, you know what, I have this issue or something's changed in my life or I don't understand this or I want to talk about this portfolio. They just need to call one of our advisors and within a day or two they can get on the phone with one of the Gradient Investment Portfolio Managers, discuss the issue, discuss what they want to talk about, and then decide if any changes need to be made or not made at all. Um, but, but I think it's that collaboration approach that really is beneficial and is different. Right. And I agree. And, and there is times where you know, sometimes we have clients that just want to say, hey, you know what, you know, where's the next opportunity? Where is this? You know, you know, why is this happening? You know, versus that. And, and, and those kind of moments are really good. It's also nice when you come down, um, you know, to several of our meetings and you, you, you give the state of the union. Here's what you got going on, which I think is is also important. Now, you guys manage um, a whole host. You don't just have equity portfolios. You have kind of you know, almost the, the entire stream that someone would need from a retirement planning point of view, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We, we, we manage a full spectrum of portfolios. Um, and, and these portfolios are arranged from the very conservative or, or fixed income or bond market type of portfolios, all the way up to more very high growth and aggressive type of portfolios. And those are stock market portfolios. So we manage about 20 different portfolio models. And what we find is that most of our clients, what they do is, is, is most clients come in and, and we assess their risk and return objectives over time. And then what we recommend is what's called a multi-portfolio solution where we triangulate and, and allocate different weights to several different portfolios to get that client an individualized multi-portfolio solution that matches their risk and return long-term objectives. Perfect. Perfect. Now, I guess along that line, Mike, um, let me put you, I'll start putting you on the hot seat, you know, now that we got those questions out of the way. Um, what's, okay, so in line with that, what's, so what's winning this year in the market? Because I, here's what I see. I see, and we're sitting here, folks. In case you're you're, you're listening to this podcast down the road, this is the sixth of uh, September in in, uh, in 2018. So if you're listening to this in October, you'll you'll you know hopefully Mike uh, you know looks into his crystal ball and lets us know what it looks like. But you know I, I see I see things like the the Nasdaq is at all time highs. The S and P 500 is currently sitting around eight percent. The Dow's at four percent. It seems like everything is cruising. What's what's the winning? Um, What's with the portfolio this year? Where's where are people making money this year? Where are people not making money this year currently in the market? And what do you kind of see going forward over the next couple quarters in, in that same in that same spectrum? Yeah, so, yeah. So that was a lot, but let's start out with uh, let, let's. Uh, <laughs> it always is. That's called a that's called a run on question yeah. Yeah. in the business. Yeah. So let's start out with what's winning this year because okay. it seems on a broad basis most you know things are doing pretty well. Right, and in general they are. But the market is being driven higher by a very small sector of the market. And that sector is the NASDAQ high growth. Um, this group of stocks has been given an acronym called the FANGS, and that stands for Facebook, 
Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. Okay. Um, but in general, we have some very expensive, very high growth stocks that have done phenomenally in 2018. And these stocks have a have a fairly high weighting in some of the broader based indexes like the S&P 500, the Dow Jones and the Nasdaq in particular. So this is the group that's leading the market. And really, it has these returns that could be anywhere from, you know, 50 percent to 100 percent this year on a very small handful of stocks. Um, when you look more broadly at the stock market in the U.S., um, you know, a lot of stocks aren't doing as well, um, particularly the value stocks, the dividend paying stocks, the steady eddies, the consistent growers. They're relatively flat this year. So we have about half the market that's doing well and half the market that's flat to maybe even down a little bit this year. Um, so that's really the U.S. market. Okay. Okay. Uh, then, as we know, th there's a lot of markets that aren't in the U.S., even though we just tend to follow the U.S. more. Uh, you know, there's many global markets. Um, there's a lot of opportunities to invest places. Over time, international markets, you know, historically have done a little bit better than U.S. stocks. That's not the case this year. No. Um, this year, international stocks such as, you know, markets in Europe and those kind of places are, you know, anywhere from zero to down 5%. What's really getting hit this year is a sector of the global stock market called the emerging markets. And those are stock markets in places like China and India and Russia and Brazil and Argentina and Mexico and some of those markets. Um, and frankly, that's surprised a lot of people because those international stock markets actually outperformed their U.S. counterparts in 2017. And even after 2017 and a good year internationally, uh, these stocks were still cheaper than their U.S. counterparts and their economies were improving. So most investment strategists and, and, and money managers and things like that, and, and, and even gradient investments, we thought that the international markets would outperform the U.S. markets this year. So why do you think it hasn't, Mike? Or, or, or is there several headwinds that are, that are kind of making them um, – you know, underperform currently? And what do you see, again, the future of those markets? Yep. Are they ever yeah. going to come back or, or what are we yeah. looking at? Yeah. So, so let me, let me, let me tell you why our tilt to internationally versus U.S. was wrong. So what happened, and it, and it really started to happen in kind of earlier in the year around the March, April timeframe. So the current administration started to talk about trade tariffs. And there was a lot of saber rattling going on. And we got into some pretty heated trade discussions and, and, and implementing some trade tariffs to places like China, Canada, Europe, Mexico. So there was a lot of trade tariff talk, a lot of rhetoric, um, and, and some of these tariffs has been implemented. Okay. So when the, when the market looks at trade tariffs economically, longer term, Anything that impedes free trade across borders is a negative for economic growth over time, which would be a negative for the economies of different countries, which would be a negative for the companies that operate within those economies. Okay. Okay. Um, so one of the side effects that I don't think the administration anticipated is that when they slap these trade tariffs on different countries, um, that has made the U.S. dollar very strong. 
And that has two negative side effects. What that does is is it makes country international countries, it makes their currencies, if our dollar is stronger, their currencies are weaker, okay. which makes their investment markets less attractive. So people tend to sell there and buy in the U.S. Okay. The second thing um, th- that is really a negative when the dollar gets really strong is that it hurts our ability to export goods. And one of the main issues that the current administration had is that our trade deficit is very negative in the U.S., which means we basically import more than we export. So if you want to export things, you want to make your manufactured goods cheaper to international countries and consumers. Well, when the dollar gets stronger, those goods actually get more expensive and your trade deficit tends to widen even further. So that's been an unintended side effect of these trade tariffs. So it's really the trade tariff talks that have that have caused the dollar strength to rise that has caused the international markets to sell off. And that's really where we went wrong. Now, the question is, will this go on forever? Right. And in my opinion, and look, my opinion's been wrong the last, you know, three to six months here. I don't think that will go on forever. I think all this trade tariff discussions and rhetoric at the end of the day is going to be more bark than bite. I don't think as many trade tariffs will actually be put into place as is currently being discussed. And I think the dollar will actually reverse and become a little bit weaker as it should when a country like the U.S. has a very large trade deficit. So the quick answer is no, I don't think trade tariffs are going to, you know, have as big an impact in the long term as they will today. I think they will be more bark than bite. And I do think at this point um, we've seen a lot of outperformance of U.S. markets over emerging markets. So I think emerging markets and international markets are cheap. I think their economies are still doing quite strong. I think their standard of living will continue to increase. And I think that will be beneficial to those stock markets. And I think they will recover over time. So you think, do you think that's going to be like an upcoming opportunity, Mike, like in like next year or short term? Or are you thinking wait till all this, this trade talk settles its way out? And then that's maybe where somebody might have a good jumping in point for something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good question. And that really comes to, you know, when do I do it? When does this happen? And no one can really predict when bottoms are and when tops occur. I I mean, that's, that's market timing and anyone who tells you they can pick exact tops and bottoms. I don't think they're being very forthright with you. Now I can tell you that I think things internationally are a lot cheaper. I can tell you that I think economic growth on an international basis is going to accelerate where I do think U.S. growth may be peaking a little bit right now. So I think the opportunity is now. Will that inflection point take place you know, tomorrow or the next week? I don't know. But I think if you give yourself two to three years, you would be you'll be well rewarded for investing for putting some of your investment assets internationally and especially into emerging markets. Oh, very good. Um, okay, so that's a that's a great answer. And actually, then and then people sometimes I guess they get caught up in the 
you know, the day to day, the month to month. And, you know, uh, like, like we say to people that are retired, you're going to be retired for 30 years. Your portfolio has to be able yeah. to perform along that period of time. Yeah. So take the one month out of it, the three month, the six month and and just get a strategy you believe in that works and then just run with it. Right. Yeah. Let me, yeah. Let, let me add one more thing to that. Sure. You know, um, you know, a lot of people who are I, I get asked all the time, well, should, should I sell internationally and buy domestically in the U.S. right now? And that's human instinct. And, and, and what you see a lot is that people tend to sell things that are undervalued and buy things that are overvalued. And that gets into, you know, in, instead of saying I'm going to buy low and sell high, right. people are selling low and they're buying high. And over time, that's an equation that, that, that will detract from your wealth over time. And, and we, and, and it's, it's human nature and we understand it, but we, you and I both, we constantly talk to clients and talk to investors and we encourage them. Don't get yourself into this cycle of, of selling underperformance and buying outperformance. In fact, reverse that coin. So we think that an area that is underperformed now and, and quite drastically underperformed is emerging markets. And we think there's opportunity there over time. That's fantastic. And that's, and that's really, really solid advice that sometimes you lose track of things like that. Yep. So can I tell you, Rob, can I tell you all, um, and, and, and another inflection point that we're starting to see in the U S is these growth stocks and these high flying NASDAQ stocks have all performed a lot. Right. And value stocks have underperformed a lot. And what we're seeing is in the last few weeks, I'm going to say almost the last two months, what we've seen, we have seen an inflection in the U.S. where value is starting to outperform growth. So if you ask me, Mike, what are two portfolios that you think are opportunistic right now for the next 12 to 24 months? I would give you two. Um, the one would be the Gradient 40i, which is 40 blue chip dividend paying internationally based stocks. Okay. Um, I, I, I really think this portfolio is on sale and I think it's a great opportunity that you'll be well rewarded for. That portfolio now collectively has a dividend yield north of 4%. You don't see that very often. Especially in, in these interest rates, right? That's, yeah, that's exactly. Really good. Yeah. And, and in the US, I think our gradient 50 portfolio, which is 50 US based blue chip dividend paying dividend growing companies. Um, you, you know, I, I think these stocks have underperformed now for 18 months. Uh, I think they're poised to start outperforming. In fact, we've started to see that inflection point. So you can get this portfolio to dividend yield north of 3%. I think there's a lot of cheap companies in there. And these are good companies that have been around for decades and I think will be around for, for decades to come. Fantastic. Uh, one last question for you, Mike, because I get asked this, and I know we're going to have you on the show again, and, and we're going to actually have you on closer to this time, but we have, mm -hmm. uh, uh, I'm sure you're aware, we have midterm elections coming up in about 60 days or just under that. Uh, and I get asked a lot, does that affect the stock market? And if so, how is that going to affect? And is there anything I can do to protect myself, um, you know, my portfolio, you know, going into something like that? Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to answer that in, in a couple of different ways. So we, we do have midterm elections coming up and there will be some noise. And I can tell you right now, no matter how the elections turn out, about half the country is going to be disappointed and about half the country is going to be happy. 
and, and if the other side of the uh, you know of of the of the party wins, then it'll still be split half and half. So I don't think that the midterm elections are going to cause much disruption in the investment market cycle. So here's a couple of beliefs I have, and I would really encourage clients to take this to heart. Um, when we invest, we should be investing not for two or four year political cycles. We should be investing for the long term. So over the past 200 years, stocks have been hitting new highs. That's what stocks do as, as the economy grows, as corporations grow. Stocks have been hitting highs for the last 200 years. And every every four to eight years, we get a new president. Every two years, we have midterm elections, and they come and they go. Um, but we should be investing for longer terms than just two to four years. And secondly, what I would encourage everyone that's, that's going to be serious about investing and building wealth over time is – Keep your political decisions and your portfolio decisions separate. They don't belong together and they shouldn't influence each other. Um, investment markets go up over time according to how the economy does and corporations grow and fundamentals and politics change and they come and go. And usually we have checkmate anyway because we have either the administration or the, or the House and the Congress and the Senate split. Um, so people who keep those the, their portfolio and their politics separate tend to do better. And people who mix them tend to hurt themselves. And that makes total sense, Mike. Like the... Uh when you, it's like when you, when you make investment decisions based on emotions, it's, you know, it's, it, it's like anything that, that if that gets in the way of it, you're probably not going to make the best possible decision. I don't think. Um, anyways, you know what, Mike, I don't want to keep you much longer. This has been fantastic. Um, you know, really, really a breath of fresh air for our listeners. Uh, Tony Shore. I know you didn't say much for a change on this on this show. <laughs> this is this is a first, isn't it? This is the quietest I've ever heard you be for 20 minutes in a row, but uh, I know you're there. Hard. I know you're there. Um, I was listening. I was I was just uh, listening with rapt attention. And when Mike Binger speaks, people listen. You know that, Rob. I do too. Well, I wasn't speaking much either. And, and you know what? No. Mike's never met a microphone he didn't like either. So that's <laughs> oh, that's that's <laughs> for sure. I, I have been I have been accused of that. That's true. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, yeah, we're out of time, Rob. Why don't you really quick uh, let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you if they have questions or want to set up that complimentary consultation. Sure, folks. Give us a call if you have questions on this or any other show at 630-780-1099. If it's after hours, just leave your name and number. We'll have somebody get in touch with you and see if we can help you out either coming in with a complimentary review of what you're doing, you know, maybe the difference between A and B and um, and see if we can help you out with anything. Again, 630-780-1099. All right. And that does it for today's episode of Ready, Aim, Retire with our host, Rob Curvin, and special guest, Mike Binger. Thank you for listening to Ready, Aim, Retire. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Rob Curvin at Advanced Planning Advisors, Inc. Call 630-780-1099 or visit their website at apadvisors.net. 
All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Robert Curvin offers investment advisory services through Gradient Advisors, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 877-885-0508. An SEC-registered investment advisor. Gradient Advisors, LLC and its advisors do not render tax, legal, or accounting advice. Advanced Planning Advisors, Inc. is not a registered investment advisor and is not an affiliated of Gradient Advisors, LLC. Insurance products and services are offered through P. Robert Curvin, independent agent. P. Robert Curvin and Gradient Advisors, LLC are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.